0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Cometa Podcast, where each week we take a pause to consider something new and interesting in the world of communication research. Um, this week, we'll be looking at gender lect and its responses. Um, so gender lect theory was proposed by Deborah Tannen uh, and made a lot of splashes when it was first proposed because it made so much intuitive sense for people. Um, there was a lot of popular press books written about the theory. Uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, it was on a lot of bookshelves uh, across the US. Um, And gender elect presents a pretty intuitive way about the ways in which males and females interact with one another and the things that males and females value from their interactions. So we'll cover gender elect today and we'll also cover a popular response to gender elect theory, which details the myth of different communication cultures between men and women. And We actually have a a special guest for you today. So we have a a guest lecturer. Um, She's faculty at Florida International University. um, And she comes to us with some great expertise in gender and in this theory in particular, and the theories that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, But with us, we have Dr. Natalie Derayel.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad to be here.
0: Uh, Because if this was just me all on my own, I don't know what this podcast would look like. So it's good to have your expertise. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay. So can you start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your background in this area?
1: Sure. So um, I study gender and communication. Um, My kind of primary area of interest is conflict. And so sometimes I study conflicts that exist between people based on gender issues. But I also look at attitudes about gender and differences or really similarities between individuals based on gender.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, so this this theory that we're talking about today, uh, I've found in the past that students have not necessarily a lot of problem understanding this theory because I think it makes a lot of intuitive sense. But in, in pushing past some of the things that are more intuitive about the theory to really take um, a closer look at it and deconstruct the theory and, and maybe attempt to move beyond it to a different ways that gender is conceptualized. Um, so I'm hoping that you can tell us uh, a little bit about the, the major ideas behind gender Elect.
1: Absolutely. So Deborah Tannen uh, came up with this idea based on a lot of her observations, um, especially, I think, in the classroom with young people. She noticed that young women seemed to behave in one way and young men seemed to behave in a different way. And she also went back and said that uh, young children do this as well. Girls communicate in one way and boys communicate in a different way. Um, And so that's really the main argument uh, is that boys and girls men and women communicate in different ways. And she argues that this is because boys and girls uh, come from sort of different cultural backgrounds. Basically, men and women have different communication cultures. So they're speaking in different dialects. Um, and so for women, the culture values um, cohesiveness, harmony, collaboration, whereas for boys and men, the culture values competition, dominance, um, and status.
0: There seems to be like a lot of media examples that back this up too, right?
1: Absolutely. We see examples of this and it's really easy to um, kind of think of this idea and say, oh, I have a perfect example of this, right? When I, you know, have tried communicating with my boyfriend or, you know, my husband, I have this experience right where i really just am trying to connect and have him listen to me but he just wants to kind of solve all my problems and so we uh, it's often easy to identify examples of these um, kind of stereotypes of what masculine and feminine communication cultures are Mm
0: -hmm. so if if this is the case and we and we can identify a bunch of examples that support her idea um, why, why might it be controversial?
1: Okay. So um, one of the main, the main argument that she's making here is that men and women communicate differently because of cultural differences. So here's the thing. <laughs> Part of cultural differences isn't just in behaviors, but in beliefs and values and attitudes that underlie those behaviors. So if people are coming from different cultures, not only are they speaking different languages, but they probably believe different things or value different things. It turns out that when we look at men's values and women's values, they tend to be really similar. In fact, when we ask um, men and women, right, like if you've had a bad day, if you're feeling sad, what is it that you're looking for in a friendly communication? They both want exactly the the same thing. So um, in communication research, there's actually a pretty famous uh, manuscript of a famous publication called The Myth of Different Cultures, because this idea that men and women have these underlying different cultures, really, there's no evidence to support that.
0: Okay. And her her major argument is that these, these cultures exist because men and women have different values?
1: Yeah, so her main argument, and she's potentially adapted it and changed it in the years since she originally published her book. But her main argument in the book is that boys and girls grow up in such different environments, essentially on the playground, but you know, throughout much of their socialization, that they develop different values. Boys value status, girls value connection. And that's why They communicate differently. Mm
0: -hmm. The myth of different cultures pushes back against this idea.
1: Yes. The the article pushes back against this saying, no, (laughs) men don't value one thing. Women don't value a different thing. We actually grow up in exactly the same culture. We have the same parents. We have siblings of different genders than our own. Um, And so, no, we don't value different things. The um, the article though the research in communication does not necessarily say that men and women communicate in the same way uh, or exactly similarly, but there's very little research to show that men and women genuinely value different things. So in the study, um, they asked young men and women right who uh, who had been in a difficult situation. Who had you know? Uh, they they told them, imagine you've recently been dumped. Imagine you've done badly on a test, uh, something that put them in a in a not great mood. Uh, if you went to a friend. To talk about this, what would you want your friend to do? And invariably, men and women both wanted the exact same thing. There were no statistically significant differences between what men and women wanted from their friend when they went to their friend for support. Um, They wanted their friend to listen to them. They wanted their friend to offer them tailored messages, uh, specific support you know, tailored to them. Uh, Nobody likes the, oh, there's plenty of fish in the sea or better luck next time, tiger. Men don't like that. Women don't like that. We want our friends to care about us. We want our friends to offer us personalized individual support and to acknowledge and validate the emotions that we're experiencing. So men and women don't value different things from their friends. We want the same things from our friends, right, when we're in those kinds of situations. So this kind of evidence really demonstrates that we don't value different things. (laughs) We uh, both value friendship. uh, We value intimacy in our relationships. We've really got the same values.
0: Right. So essentially, we're coming from the same communication culture.
1: We're coming from the same communication culture. We've been raised in the same communication culture. But we have been raised in an environment that values men more than women. Mm. Um, And so that is something that creates a difference. Um, Actually, we we come from a a culture that does value those stereotypically masculine values more than the stereotypically feminine ones. So actually what we see is that both men and women really value success and competition, at least in the United States. Mm.
0: I want to dig more into this idea of how can we disprove this theory, but some of these things still make so much sense.
1: Yeah. So there's two major criticisms of this theory. Um, And the first is... Um, Well, I guess there's there's really there's three. So so the criticism I've been talking about is that there's very little evidence to support the idea that men and women have different cultures. Mm -hmm. So that's one first major criticism, very little evidence. But a second major criticism is that this theory um, is kind of an an interpretive theory. It's coming from an interpretive framework. And um, she's not considering a lot of issues that critical scholars are Really interested in. Um, And so a lot of critical scholars are saying you're completely forgetting to acknowledge that the world we exist in is sexist. And that girls and boys are not just socialized differently, but that girls are socialized to remember that they are not as valuable as boys, right? Mm-hmm. And that they're valuable for different things than boys are. And boys are uh, socialized to believe that the things that they do are more important and more valuable, Um So there's a lot of criticism of this theory that it doesn't consider the broader context of patriarchy, of sexism, um, and that it just sort of presents these two possible ways of communicating as perfectly equally valid when the world does not value men's talk and women's talk in the same way. And so this criticism um, is answered with the theory of muted groups, which basically says, right, women and other groups, which are devalued, devalued. are their way of communicating is not valued. So this kind of critical approach argues that, yeah, men and women do indeed communicate differently. The differences may be subtle, um, but one of those ways of communicating is inherently devalued and the other way is valued. Um, And that's really the main problem. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a second major criticism of this theory.
0: OK. And, and the third one,
1: the third major criticism is that there is no or there is very little evidence that men and women communicate in objectively different ways ways. <laughs> so here's the thing. When we ask men and women, uh, there's been a, quite a bit of research where uh, scholars will get these recording devices that people wear. Um, and so people wear these little recording devices that will record little snippets of their talk throughout the day. Um, and then what they do is they count how many words men and women talk. <laughs> and it turns out um that men and women talk uh, the exact same amount. <laughs> men don't talk more than women, women don't talk more than men. There's no statistically significant differences. Um, when we measure other communication variables, right? Uh, are uh, do, do, do men and women have more uh, communication anxiety when they're doing public speaking? Do, all of these variables that we measure that are kind of about communication and even psychology, when we compare men and women, Either there are no statistically significant differences or there are statistically significant differences and they are very small. So actually what we end up seeing is that there's more variation within the groups. So within women and within men than there is between the groups. So if you randomly pick a woman and a man, they'll be different. But if you randomly pick a woman and a woman, they will be just as different. (laughs) So, I mean, like, they might be like the teeniest, tiniest, slightly less different, the two women than the man and the woman. But boy, that difference is small. And it's so small that we barely notice it. So we tend to think in these ways that women are one way and men are another way. But it turns out that women are lots and lots of ways. And men are also lots and lots of ways. And a lot of those ways overlap. There are some key variables um, where we do see some kind of more moderately sized gender differences between men and women, but not a lot.
0: Wait, I'm a, I'm a little bit confused. Um, so this idea of minimal differences says that there's there's few or minimal differences between men and women, but um, muted groups. the muted groups theory says that there are differences between men and women, right?
1: Absolutely. So minimal differences hypothesis says that when we measure variables, typically quantitatively, um, we don't really see any differences. But the variables that researchers have chosen to measure are not all the variables that exist. And critical scholars are often interested in variables that do vary between men and women, but are sometimes hard to quantify or measure. But I'll give you an example of a variable, um, and that is attire. So nonverbal communication, what do men and women choose to wear? And I would argue that we're going to see a lot of differences. That men and women, young and old, uh, wear very different Things, Uh, but that's just not a variable that most communication scholars and most researchers in this arena are interested in studying, and so we don't have data there. So critical scholars who are studying muted groups are considering variables like this. Uh, one idea that they often consider is the metaphors that people use in everyday conversation. So men are more likely than women to use sports analogies, for example. Um, and so this translates into, well, the professional way of communicating is the masculine way of communicating. And so in order to be a successful woman, you have to then... Use this more masculine way of communicating and start watching sports and being able to use sports analogies in order to be perceived as successful, uh, because the only way to be perceived as successful is to speak in that masculine way. So the differences that muted groups theory is interested in in the ways that men and women communicate tend to be subtler more qualitative differences. And the differences that minimal differences kind of research looks at tend to be more objective and measurable. How many words does a person say? What? Uh, how do they feel when they have to speak in front of a large audience? They're variables that are often measured very quantitatively, as opposed to more subtle, nuanced differences.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you.
1: Most of the time when we're measuring the differences between the ways that men and women communicate, mm-hmm. they're really small.
0: Mm-hmm. So men are from Mars. Women are from Venus.
1: Men are from North Dakota. Women are from South Dakota. <laughs> That's what Dindia says.
0: What are what are some of the few key differences?
1: Um, aggressiveness, verbal aggressiveness. Um, men tend to be more verbally aggressive. Um Some kind of that tends to be one of the largest differences, Uh, kind of a a relatively moderate difference is uh, one of the things I actually study is conflict management. Uh, Men tend to use more dominating styles than women do uh, as a baseline. But actually, the more that men and women become experienced. So if you are managing a lot of conflict, if you become a manager in an organization and then you get really good at being a manager in an organization, then those differences between men and women actually go away so men and women moderately the same until they get a little bit of life practice and then (laughs) and then those differences go away so yeah those are those are the ones where we see the most difference okay
0: well thank you thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate you taking the time out to come and sit with us we really value your expertise here today dr derio
1: (laughs) thank you so much absolutely